Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mainstream Mavs podcast. I'm Rigo, and then again alongside Jaron. Uh, so, Jaron, obviously, the Mavs won on that was, I believe, Thursday night. They beat the Phoenix Suns. Um, so, first off, I guess let's get the main thing out of the way, and that's Spencer Dinwiddie knocking down 36 big ones and and helping the Mavs uh, with nine assists and six rebounds. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you saw that helped out that helped really Dinwiddie and and then obviously eventually the rest of the Mavs uh, group of players to get those 99 points and keep the Phoenix Suns under 100. Yeah so I mean I hate to be the bearer of bad news but we saw Luca get hurt really early on in this matchup he got hurt within the first three minutes of gameplay Um, and I think that's really what opened up opened up things for Spencer. Um, and we've seen multiple times this year where Spencer Dinwiddie's not having his best game while matched up with Luca. Um, but it kind of just seems like the second that Luca's off the floor is whenever Spencer gets things going. And that was a clear tell of what we saw in this matchup. I mean, Spencer had an amazing 10 of 18 shooting and of course, five of six from three, where it just kind of seemed like he was jacking up anything that he got uh, and it was going in. Of course, he finished with 36 points in this one, but really, I think that's kind of just what freed up Spencer, I don't want to say it freed up the offense necessarily, um, but you know, yeah, Luca. No, you don't want to see him go down. down. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Uh, Luca going down. I mean, that's you know, huge. Uh, like that. That has definitely future implications for this Maverick squad. What they're going to do at the trade value or trade deadline or whatever. Um, but just in this game alone, I mean, it definitely opened up things for Spencer. It gave him a confidence that I haven't seen in Spencer probably since the playoffs of last year and that game seven matchup. Um, it was nice that it was against Phoenix, but yeah, I, you know, I just think Luca going down, opened up some things for Spencer, opened up some things that the offense hasn't seen. Uh, and that's really kind of the big thing that stuck out to me. Oh, 100%. And I mean, this Mavericks team being so heliocentric around Luca, uh, it's, it, it's been just a, a season of, of a bunch of, of turmoil really. Um, and then really looking into the center position, for example, um, I mean, we're obviously without Christian Wood for a little bit. Uh, I mean, Dwight Powell had himself a couple really solid back-to-back games. Um, I mean, specifically the one against Washington that we went out, we went out and saw, and then this one where he knocked down 15 points, four rebounds, and then an assist as well. Um, I mean, if if you really kind of can continue this stretch of games. Do you see the Mavericks maybe making a move or trading him away at, at the at the trade trade deadline? You know, I, I think, I mean, it's tough to say. Uh, Dwight has done, honestly, you know, however much hate you want to give him, he's done, honestly, a pretty good job for what sort of role he's been given. Uh, now, these two games alone, I don't think is enough to just up his trade value to where he's, you know, a guy that teams go after, of course. Uh, but, you know, it definitely does make him a little more enticing. Uh, especially just, you know, the role that he's having to play, the starting center where so much is expected of him, especially on the defensive end. Uh, but he's come out there and he's honestly proved a lot. Uh, I know this wasn't <clears throat> this wasn't the best defensive game from him, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, 
Phoenix Suns only scored 95 points. I know that they had a lot, a lot of missed shots, especially down low. And they were um, missing Booker as well. I think that's another. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Booker's like their main source of offense. They they're a really ISO heavy offense, and you know that's primarily because of Booker. Um, but you know, the Mavericks just running such a small unit, uh, especially with Powell on the floor. It doesn't really matter who else you have. You know, Bertans. There's really no size across the board, unless if you throw in Javale McGee, which we did not see in this matchup. Um, oh yeah, he was, really yeah, he was a game, DNPC. Yeah, he got yeah. DNPCD, uh, and you know, for multiple weeks now, we haven't seen him play. Um, but really, you know, in this matchup, we just saw the Suns kind of just throw up the ball to Aiden or throw up the ball to, you know, we saw Biombo at times. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Honestly, that was about it. Uh, I guess Jock Lando, but he didn't really do much. Um, Cam Johnson yeah, that's – who Cam, was it? Cam, Cam Johnson, 22. He had 22 Yeah, points. Cam Johnson was electric from the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just, <laughs> he honestly did not miss. Uh, he looked really good. I know he's still coming back from that injury a little bit. Uh, I forget what injury it was, but – he, yeah, he is uh, definitely, you know, hitting every shot that he needs to hit and it's opening up offense for that team. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's that's something that we saw the Suns exploit was just the the sort of Dwight Powell, uh, DeAndre Ayton matchup where I know, you know, DeAndre Ayton didn't have the best game, but had he knocked down a few more shots, this could have done, this could have looked a little different. But nonetheless, I think that the Mavericks did just enough to kind of keep him out at times. But even still, I mean, you can't really excuse six of 20 from the field. And especially, you know, 50% of those misses were, you know, probably within four feet, five feet of the basket. Right. Yeah. And he was, I mean, he, uh, Aiton was one of two players actually that had a double double in on that night, uh, specifically uh, talking about for the Mavericks and Dorian Finney Smith, who had an 18, 12 and three night uh, for Deandre Aiton. Again, it was, he had a 19.20 rebound game. That's kind of impressive in its own right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially the game that he was having, like I said, you know, where he was efficient, but he just wasn't knocking down the shots to finish with 20 rebounds. And of course, still 19 points. I mean, that's incredible just because of the fact that, I mean, I think that there's probably more than shots, six shots where he missed just point blank range where he definitely should have had it. Uh, And this, like I said, I mean, the scoreboard probably scoreboard probably would have looked a lot different, Uh, but even still, I mean, it takes a little bit of luck. Uh, we saw that, and I mean, like I said, Dwight Powell didn't have the best amazing or the best defensive game, uh, but we saw him definitely have his punishments and have um, effects on the offensive side, and that's really what I noticed out of him uh, these last two games, or I guess the Washington and Suns game specifically, um, just how you know volatile and just how effective he was on the offensive side. Yeah, no, and you you talk about uh, you know just how how similar these teams were as well. You, the Mavs had uh, shot 42.9, almost 43%, basically, from the field. Uh, and then the Suns shot about 40%, a little bit over 40% uh, from the field. I mean, this team, when you look at the stats, down to the even uh, turnovers, even though those were exactly the same. I mean, how much different do you think that that Suns team is from this Dallas Mavericks team? And is it a positive or a negative, I guess? Uh, I mean, you know... You can look at record and say, of course, it's a negative because the Suns are having, you know, they, they don't have as good of a, I guess, like a, not a roster, but as good of as a record. Yeah. Um. But I mean, if you really look at the record, like, or uh, the roster, sorry, um, you know, outside of Luca on this Mavs team, like who really fills in depth? Like, I know you got Dorian, you got Tim, uh, Spencer even, 
Um, but other, outside of that, like, especially in this game, you know, we just didn't really see a whole lot of depth. Meanwhile, like Phoenix, uh, I mean, you got Cam Johnson, McCall Bridges, uh, Aiton, Chris Paul, uh, even off the bench, Ish Wainwright. He's a guy that can produce a little bit. Uh, Josh Kogi, we've seen him pretty much electrify his career uh, this season. Like there's the uh, like Dwayne Washington, that's a guy, you know, he's dropped 30 points before multiple times in this league. Like we just see, you know, that sort of dynamicism. Uh, between these two rosters I think if you're matching up and of course I know that these two teams played a seven game series like literally not even a year ago uh, but still even matching up I think the Suns are a little bit better uh, but just because of Luka I think that the Mavericks notch them out uh, but like I said without Luka in the lineup like depth wise uh, it looks a little different Um now, I know that this was like a perfect example of depth-wise, but even still, the Suns didn't have Booker uh, and Aiton missed some wide-open shots. But uh, we saw, you know, Chris Paul be super effective. Cam Johnson, of course, we already talked about him a little bit. Uh, Bridges was effective from the three-point line and inside. Um, and, I mean, off the bench, there wasn't really much guys that were able to affect the game from the Suns' point of view. Uh, but even still, I, I I think that there's some arguments to be made that this Sun squad is still better than the Mavericks team. Yeah, and you talked a little bit a little bit about Luka Doncic there. What what were your first thoughts when Luka went down? Because my first thought was, oh my god, <laughs> the season is over. Like yeah, everything yeah. is crashing down so quickly. And I mean, again, to the Mavericks, to the Mavericks credit, you know, Spencer stepped up to the plate when it when it needed to be when he needed to step up the most, I guess. And he's he's done a very good job at doing that, I think. For, for, his, for his tenure here on the Mavs. But what were your first thoughts when you see Luca go down with that sprained ankle? Because, again, I mean, it, it, it reminded me a little bit about that, um, uh, of the Spurs uh, sprained ankle from last season. Yeah, last season. Yeah, I think it was last season, yeah. Yeah, last season. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I you know, I think it's similar to the same reaction as you. I started going in full panic mode, like, all right, how does this team tank and how can this team get the best first round pick available? Um, Where can we get one Banyama? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but even still, I mean, you know, the second he went down, you know, it, I think it's a safe assessment to say Luca is quite literally this Mavs team. Um, you know, I, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, has his games. Uh, Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway, like these guys have their games. But even still, with how much this offense you know, it really, this team for that matter, just, you know, relies and leans heavily on Luca uh, to see him go out. Now, thankfully, I don't think it's that bad of a ankle sprain. I think he'll be back probably within the week. I think um, yeah, I heard, I heard that it would be on around Monday if I'm not. So they, they may want to try to have him back for Detroit. If I'm being a hundred percent honest or tomorrow, I guess, or today, I guess when you see this or when you listen to this, um, I mean, in my eyes, and again, we'll get to Detroit here in a minute, but I think if you're the Mavs, I don't think you, you let him rest that Detroit game and, and bring him back for the Golden State game. And that's that's the most important one, I think, in my no, eyes. No, I you know, I completely agree. I think, you know, Detroit, even though we did lose them earlier in the year, I just don't think they're a big enough opponent to really play Luka and risk, you know, a possible re-aggravation of that ankle. Why well, they're um, tanking, aren't they? Yeah, Detroit's tanking. I mean, they're, you know, they have Bogdanovich. They have guys that can, like, you know, put a game up, uh, you know, make a game happen. But even still, I mean, I just wouldn't risk putting in your number one guy whenever, especially that Luca or that ankle has been bothering Luca pretty much this whole season. I just wouldn't even bother with it. 
let him sit one more game. You know, I think Christian Wood is probably going to have the same timetable come back. Whenever Luca comes back, I could probably assume to see Christian Wood. Um, and so I would just kind of, you know, wait it out. Uh, I know we're going to dive a little bit into this Jazz game, but we saw the Mavericks sort of hold their own at times against the Jazz. I know, it, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't really. Uh, but I'd rather just have one more game of that, one more game of hard to watch basketball before we see Luca come back. Yeah, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I think this Jazz game was the score is deceiving, and, and yeah, I'll, no, and, and I'll get and I'll get to why here when we when we start covering or when we cover this game specifically. Um, but I mean, any any final thoughts before we move on to that Jazz game? Any final thoughts on the Phoenix Suns game for our listeners? Yeah, you know, I'm going to ask you a question real quick. I think go for it. How <laughs> you know? This was definitely like a feel good win. How good did this make you feel? Like, was this, you know, win of the year type feeling or, you know, was it just one where you're like, okay, let's move on to the next. Like, how did this one make you feel? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess I'll, I'll do it on scales on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> um, on the scale of one to 10, give me, give me a, I was going to say seven, give me like an eight because okay, the, yeah. sun, the suns are really hated. Like the Mavs and suns, we hate each other. Like it's just, it's just a hated rivalry between it's become a rivalry between the two. So getting a win in a rivalry game is always really, really important. But in my eyes though, it's the fact that Luca went down. Yeah. That, that, that brings it down a couple notches for me. If, if we would have won with Luca on the floor, even if he would have went out in like the third quarter or whatever, like I think the happiness level would be like a nine at that point because you lost him and then, okay, well, I mean, Spencer stepped up and Luca played three quarters or whatever. And then he went, he went down with the injury, but because he went down in the first half and really in the first three minutes of the game, which that was really odd to see. Um, and it's also a very good thing because I've, I've been uh, placing bets on prize picks and uh, <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I didn't place a bet last, last night. Cause I, some of those need one point. And Luca didn't yeah. score that, and that'll bring no, down exactly. his that'll bring down his uh, his points per game average, and and maybe even take him out of the running for um for scoring scoring champion this year, which is unfortunate. No, I mean that's yeah, I mean just looking at hindsight with awards and stuff, it it definitely is unfortunate. Um, I like how you brought up the idea that it was, you know, a feel good win, but at the same time, Luca went down. I guess my you know I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of butt heads with you here. I think it makes it feel it honestly makes the win feel better. Uh, the Mavericks going into that game were basically 0-5 without Luka. And I know that we had Luka for all of three minutes. Uh, yeah, but yeah. to me, this is one where you notch a 1-5 in, in that category. Because, uh, again, I mean... A techni- large... On a technicality, yeah. On a uh, yeah, technicality. On a, yeah. Um, just in large part with how they won the game. It was all, you know, I know Spencer Dinwiddie went off, and that definitely helped. But we saw Dorian have an amazing game. Uh Dwight Powell, again, you know, he had a really good game. And even Reggie Bullock, he got in there a little bit. I was going to say even Reggie. Yeah. um, But, yeah, I mean, this was definitely one where I was like, I think I put out a tweet where I was like, do we notch this in the win of the year category? Um, Because, I mean, this one did feel good. And I know that Luca was out, and, you know, that's all that matters at this point. Uh, But still, this was one where without Luca, you know, we managed to get a win, and it was over our best friends over there in Phoenix. So that's why it also felt really good. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, I I think this 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 win definitely does feel better. I think in my eyes, just in terms of of, um, in terms of of how good it feels to win this to win this game over X game, I think the Lakers win uh, the wins over the Lakers. I think still feel really really good in my eyes, 
just because, I mean, you were playing on a national stage and, and you played one of those games on, on Dirk's on statue unveiling and you went off for Dirk like that, that, that in my eyes still feels better. And then that OT game going into Staples or sorry, crypto.com arena. Or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. I mean, that's, that's such a stupid name for that arena, but yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Staples arena is so iconic. Like Staples center is so iconic. And the fact that, the fact that they changed it to friggin' crypto.com arena, give me a break. Anyways, um, I mean, again, winning an OT and, and and yeah, Tim Hardaway, you can say anything about Tim Hardaway Jr. and the whole thing with LeBron and now how he's even dealing with um dealing with uh, uh not not getting calls going his way or whatever. I, I think those two wins in my eyes are still feel a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. Um I mean those are definitely two wins where uh going ahead into the season like those are ones that you look forward to or i not look forward to but you look back on and you're like okay those are good wins um but yeah you know with that being said i think that we pretty much covered this topic between the suns game uh and i mean to be honest it was quite a fun game uh i'm glad that we can notch it out especially in phoenix uh in the fashion that we did without luca but nonetheless the mavericks would go on and play saturday night or last night or two nights ago, whenever you're listening to this. Um, and they would go on into Utah. Yeah, it was in Utah. And play the Utah Jazz. And this one was a complete barn burner compared to what we saw in Phoenix. Uh, so I guess we'll cover this one a little bit. Um, so, yeah, of course, the Mavericks, uh, if you don't know the score already, the Mavericks would fall 108 to 100 to the Utah Jazz. Now, I know you may look at that score and be like, okay, well, that's actually not that bad. They put up a fight towards the last few minutes. But I want to say the Mavericks were down by 20 points multiple times in this game, um, in large part just due to bad defense and even worse offense. Uh, I know without Luka, this team is sort of lost, and that's exactly what we saw. I guess how much did this you know, loss open up your open up your eyes to how – not just how valuable Luca is, but just how lost this team looked without him. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Luca's been, in my eyes, the most valuable player on this Mavericks roster since the start of the year. And, and I mean, they're they're now zero and six. I guess with this loss, now they're zero and six uh, in games against uh, or without Luca. Uh, I mean, just to put it into perspective, the only quarter that the Mavericks won in this entire game was the third quarter. They won that by ten. And that was the quarter that Dinwiddie caught fire and something went off in him and he hit that one really deep three from yeah. God knows where. And that's when that team went off. But before that, though, this team was looking stagnant. And I mean completely stagnant because they let up 34 points in the first quarter and then 32 in the second. Yeah. I mean, that's a combined 66 points at the half. And I mean, that we've seen – Jason Kidd get really sort of frustrated with this roster, especially whenever they're putting up points like that. I, you know, but I am the the thing is, and you you mentioned the the frustration. The thing is, is he can only be frustrated with himself. He was the one that constructed this roster. So at the end of the day, you you got to look in the mirror. There's only a point where you look in the mirror and you're like, I built this. This is kind of my fault. Well, okay, you know, I think sort of, uh, I guess, just backtracking there, you know. I think that this is a whole topic of this season that we can talk about for hours. Um, I think that there's a disconnect 
between front office and head coach. I think the head coach wants something, and that was JaVale McGee. That, of course, you know, we know that didn't work out. Um, and I think the front office wants something, and that's different from what Jason Kidd wants. I'm not saying that they're butting heads or anything. I just think, you know, the way that this roster is constructed is by two different views. I don't know if they didn't talk it over or what. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's clearly two different views because this roster is clearly malmanaged. Uh, you know, this is a perfect example of that, this game. Um, now, I think to put all the blame on Jason Kidd for at least roster management, I don't think does him justice. Now, how he runs the team. No, and it's not fair um, either. Yeah, and how he runs the team, you know, whether it be defensively, offensively, however you want to look at it. Now, that's where I think you can at least harp on him a little bit, especially in a matchup like this. I know, you know, Utah definitely had a little bit of a shooting regression uh, in that second half, and that's kind of why they only had 108 points in this matchup. Um, but even still, I think that's a strong 108 points, uh, just basically because they had a bad shooting in that third quarter. Um that's really the only reason why they had 108. Um, I know, um, what was his name? Malik Beasley. I mean, that was a guy that just <laughs> kept knocking down stupid shot after stupid shot. Yep. Um, and that was sort of, I guess, like the refundable token after missing so many shots in that third quarter. Uh, but yeah, I think if you're looking at the head coach, I think the way that they play is where he should be able to look at himself and be like, okay, this is my fault. Now, roster management, I think it's a little different. Well, yeah, and I mean, you you talk a little bit about roster management. I mean, you you look at this Jazz team. I mean, no name particularly. Granted, I guess no team from the beginning of the year when they started off hot, you know, sticks out to you. But there, I can count them with one, two, three, four, five. Five players on the Utah Jazz went into double digits. If you count the Mavs, I guarantee you, it's a let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, equal five and five. <laughs> equal five and five. <laughs> But the difference between those five po- between those five players that went off, yeah. and you know there was there was one. I guarantee you there were one or two more players on the Jazz that maybe one or two more points, and they're they're in double they're in double figures. And Jer- Jared Vanderbilt is, was one of them. He had seven points. The closest one that we had that the Mavericks had was Frank Needle Nikina with six. Come on now. Yeah, no, I you know I, that that I do agree with. I mean Josh Green, I love him, but he didn't have the best game. Tim Hardaway Jr. had an awful game. Uh, and those were guys that got into double figures on this Mavs team. Um, now, comparedly to the Jazz, you have, you know, Markinen. Of course, that guy's amazing. Um, Markinen's a He had an amazing God. game. Yeah, I know. He, yeah, for real. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, another – he had he had a pretty good game. Um, Mike Conley, another good game. Like, the, the difference – Sexton? Sexton had 12 uh, points yeah, in 19 Sexton, minutes. Yeah. Like, that, the difference in points is what I'm trying to say. Is like, Josh Green, not an amazing game. Tim Hardaway Jr., not an amazing game. Meanwhile, you look on the other side, like all these guys had pretty good games in this one. Yeah, no, yeah, no, most, most, like I said, most of the, most of the jazz players had, had, had really, really good nights. And, and I mean, again, to, to Spencer Dinwiddie's credit, he's turned darn near into Luka Doncic 2.0 and, 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 you know, again, shooting shots from God knows where, I mean, he shot yeah. the one shot again that I keep referring to is that one where he was, I think he was double teamed, wasn't he? And he just said, "All right, let me launch it up." And he was—he may have been triple teamed. And was launched. it? Was it about triple teamed? I, I think it, I think it was a double team, but it from being that far out, it's pretty much a triple team. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he just heaved it up, and it—I mean, it it went in. So. He was at—he was right at the Vivint, Vivint or Vivint or whatever you call it, Vivint Smart Home Arena logo, and he nailed it. I—I I, I stood back. I was like, "Oh my god." 
God, that's that is the voice. definition. That shot alone in this game is the definition of what Spencer did and what he had to do to hail this team into pretty much just an eight point loss. I mean, that was solely because of him. And I oh, think yeah, if he would have a... had a dud night, if he would have had a dud night like everybody else, it, it would have been uh 108 to 87, 108 to 85 loss. Like it would have been Yeah, it would have been a lot worse. Yeah. 100%. Um I I think Reggie, uh like I know you said everybody. Um I think Reggie had a pretty good game outside of that. I mean, finally. Yeah, finally. Well, he's okay, to his credit. He's been having like a few weeks of like good stretches. I know there was a game or two in that few weeks where he had pretty much a dud. Uh, but he's, he's, I think his shooting is definitely back. It's not, you know, what we saw in November and things like that. Uh, no, he's definitely like able to consistently make shots. Right. Uh, Dorian, I think he had a pretty good game as well. Uh, he finished with 11 points in this one and two steals, he even had a block as well. Um, but yeah, I think outside of that, did anybody else really have a solid game? No, no, not really. I mean, we saw a little bit of Jaden Hardy. I guess he had three points in five minutes. But, again, that's another thing, too, is that what is wrong with Jason Kidd not trusting the young buck? I mean, come on now. He's he's showing you, and he's actively showing you that he can not, maybe not muster the whole weight of, of, of a starting position, but at least as a minimum, a sixth man spot. Like, come on now. Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely credence to that conversation. I think – um, you know, in the beginning, you know, whenever Josh Green and Dorian came back, I was like, okay, he's going to lose minutes, but you know, it depends on what the team needs. If they need offense, he's going to go in there. And that's kind of what I thought would happen. And that's just not happened at all. This is a game where the, you know, the maps definitely needed offense and we just didn't even see him more than, you know, I think you said five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah five minutes now. I'm not saying he's going to have like an amazing game or anything, but just, just to have him out there, play some actual basketball because he hasn't been in the G league for a month or two now. Yeah. So he's not going to play basketball at that level anymore, or at least consistently. Um, so I think if you could just throw him out there on the court, you know, this was a pretty much a scheduled loss with Luca hurt. Um, so cool. why not throw him in there and just see what he can do? Uh, this was a game where I just think he was really non-effective and you know i'll credit to spencer he had an amazing game but th- i think that you just kind of want to throw the ball in jane hardy's hands and just see what he can do he's not going to have a pretty game but again i mean just just to see him sort of actually play some basketball would just be a treat and just to you know development wise would be something that i i would be really invested in well and i'm and i mean you know if you if you see you know uh jaden hardy with maybe like i don't know 10 minutes and 6 points maybe this game is slightly different you know because you you inch a little bit closer but granted you don't know what utah could do as far as like you know their shooters and, and things like that and how many more possessions they would get but i mean again if you see a little bit more of jaden hardy again you could find yourself in a situation where you you're in a very 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 close matchup and you're maybe down to one or two of their players having to shoot a couple free throws and, and and putting to put the game away. But again, because of the lack of minutes of other players, I think in my eyes, the game ended up being and lack of play, lack of minutes. And then I guess addition of minutes to players who didn't really need it. Like Frank Ninalikina in my eyes, he did not need 12, 12 minutes on, on, yeah. on, on Saturday or whatever. I uh, think Jaden yeah. Hardy could have used those minutes. Yeah. I mean, I would completely agree. Um, you know, I just read an article today that pretty much said, whatever you need to do, get Frank off this team so that they can play Jane Hardy minutes. That's, that was the summation of it. 
Um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely some real credence to that argument that you just made. Um, and yeah, I would definitely like to see the roles swapped, you know, whether it be Jane Hardy getting 12 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it may be, uh, and seeing Frank kind of relegated to that bench role where he plays every now and then. Um, I would be more comfortable seeing that. And again, I know going into this season, we didn't expect much from Jane Hardy, uh, but this is definitely what we've seen out of him. Uh, just in a handful of games, has definitely excelled what we thought we would see. I mean, we we were skeptical if we if we would even see him at all this season. So just to see him, I mean, heck, even score what he had two points in this one, just to, or three points actually. Yeah. Uh, just to see him th- score three points, I mean, that's a treat to see. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see him get more of an active role. Um, one where, you know, he's not playing amazing, you know, 20 minutes a game, but something where he's able to affect the game and just, just the littlest amount of ways, uh, something that I would like to see Jason Kidd kind of make an adjustment for. Yeah. And then we, we look ahead to that Detroit game again, they play Detroit tomorrow or today, I guess, whenever you, or they may have already played whenever you listen, whenever you choose to listen to this, um, Again, Luca is still out, was still out. Do you think, um, and I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, but do you think we could see him return, even if it's for on a on a very, very limited amount or on a very short leash on Monday night against Detroit? So I think I think it's a, a good question that you brought that up about like leashing him or uh sort of like not keeping keeping him on a restriction, but just kind of like holding him back. I think the second that this team, I mean, he's a competitor. Uh, like the second that he's going to be able to play, he's going to be able to play. I don't think it was that bad of an ankle injury to hold him out, no. you know, and at least play minutes restriction or, you know, just sort of tell him, okay, like back off a little bit. I don't think it was that harsh of an ankle injury. Um, now, will we see him uh, tonight? That's, eh, I mean, I would say yes, but then again, it's against Detroit. So I'm going to say no. Uh, that That's going to be my assumption. Now, I think um, – I'm not sure whenever Mavs PR kind of comes out with their tweets. It's usually around like four or five-ish. So I guess he we'll know. Listed, he was listed as questionable. I, I checked on Twitter on their on their Twitter here earlier, and, and yeah, he was listed as questionable. And then um, I guess uh, Christian Wood and Maxi Kleber are still out. Okay. So, yeah, so Maxi will be out, of course, for a while longer. Um, I, I think that's interesting to see Christian Wood kind of come out because I th- – like I, you know, I said this earlier in the pod. I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna throw Christian Wood out there in the lineup for what the first time in two weeks, I think that you throw Luca with him. I think yeah. that yeah. will be. I think it's Wednesday whenever they play the Warriors. Um, I'd like. To I see think him out that's there for that. Yeah, I think that's whenever we see Christian Wood and Luca. I don't think we see Luca uh, Monday night, but I do think, like I said, Wednesday night. I think we see him against the Warriors. Oh, and ABC is promoting the hell out of that game. Uh, for, oh, it, yeah, I know. It's for a, Golden State. Is it? I believe it's in Golden State as well. Yeah, let me double check that. Actually, um, I think so. Um, I, you you probably are right. Um, which that's gonna be another West Coast game, and I I gotta work TSN, and I gotta do all my stuff, <laughs> and that's gonna. Is suck. it? Oh, is it gonna be oh. a me and Will podcast? Oh no, actually, it's a seven thirty start. That's oh wow, kind interesting, of strange. Yeah. Um. 530 start over there so that's that's gonna be really weird to see um yeah the Mavs game for tomorrow well actually no the Warriors game that's next Saturday and then Pelicans uh they play Pelicans on Thursday and then tomorrow is Pistons okay so we might see Luka okay. for the Pelicans if I'm being honest yeah we'll see okay I didn't know that there was a game in between that um 
Oh, yeah, on, man. You're my schedule up. guy. You gotta keep. You gotta keep me in. in my shape. bad. My bad. This is the one time I slipped <laughs> up. Good, this is the one time I slipped up. <laughs> no, I I think that we'll see him. Uh, probably. Well, I think you said Wednesday against the Pelicans. I think that's when we'll see him. Yeah, I, I'd I'd like to see him. Maybe a little Zion Luca. Uh, well, actually, I don't know how long. Well, Zion's I think Zion's out for a little bit longer. Okay. Well, I'd like to see him against, I guess, what McCollum or whoever Brandon Ingram, whatever they got over there. Yeah, they. Yeah, I don't know if Ingram will play, or uh, I bet we'll see. You know, McCollum and guys like that. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, real quick, we'll wrap up this segment, uh, and then in that next segment, I know in the intro we were going to discuss a little bit of what we uh, want to see on the trade market, what the Mavericks doing, uh, and also just sort of names that the Mavericks have been linked to and what positions they have been linked to. So, without further ado. Uh, we will hop into that segment real quick. Welcome back to the Mainstream Mavs podcast here. And again, we got Jaron and myself, Rigo, for the final time here on the Mainstream Mavs podcast. I mean, Jaron, I mean, I, I do want to talk to you before we kind of get uh, get into the this article here on, on the Smoking Cuban. How are you doing right now with this whole freeze? I don't know if I know that you live in, in, in the DFW area, but this this freeze that we got coming up here in the next few hours. I mean, how are how are you how are you kind of preparing for it? Yeah, so I so I'm like kind of living out of a backpack at the moment for like a few days out of the week. <laughs> I'm so living, I'm living out of a suitcase, so I'm there yeah. with you. I'm there with you. <laughs> I've packed my bag a little bit bigger than I usually do. I packed more clothes than I usually do. So that's kind of how I'm dealing with it. Uh, I guess wherever I get stuck, I'm just going to hunker down and deal with it. But um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much how I'm dealing with it. How how are you going to deal with it? Oh man. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I mean, lucky for me, I'm just living, I'm living at home with my parents again. So, I mean, just coming fresh out of college, it's, that's, that's, you know, the, the, that's, that's kind of the thing. Oh, oh, that's so hot to do. You know, that's such a hot thing to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah no i mean i mean work is going to be interesting too hopefully i don't know what i've i've never this is my first job in the professional space so i don't know if they're going to be like well if you can make it to work you can make it to work if not you're good yeah Yeah. no i don't know because see i have a late class from 5 30 to 6 45 on tuesday and tuesday is supposed to be like the worst day so i don't know how that's going to work i guess i'll email my professor and see but um yeah that that's my biggest like problem is how am i gonna get to class so yeah, no. hopefully your professors are are good and not complete a holes. You know, because if, yes. if they're a holes, man, you are in for a treat. And uh, this is coming from a graduate, from a recent graduate. So get ready, we, I guess. We have, we have two different dilemmas. You've already graduated. You're you're in the professional world now. And yeah, I'm in my sophomore year of college. So two different. I guess you've been there, done that, and yeah, I'm I'm doing it. So. <laughs> I, I i'm telling you though once once you get once you get to a big university dude you whew, it's it's fun it is fun I, I i got stories to tell you off the air <laughs> <laughs> hey i you know i just applied you know not to drag this on a little bit but i just applied to a&m uh and then i opened up my applications yeah, I, I know you went to sam and that is one of the yeah, places that i'm actually gonna apply at so ooh, nice yeah, yeah cats yeah. eat them up <laughs> Gag them. No, I, I, that's seriously, I, I, I do have a little bit of beef with, with A&M fans. Um, but I, you, you'd be the first A&M fan that I actually, you'd be the second A&M fan that I don't have beef with. So whether you choose to go to A&M, I don't know, dude, whether you go to A&M or whether you go to Sam, dude, I think both are, both are good choices. Yeah, no, like I, wherever I go, I know I'm going to be fine, but 
yeah no hopefully i won't have any beef with you and i'll be <laughs> the second fan that you liked from AM. so <laughs> yeah all right well let's go ahead and let's get into the second or the final topic i guess the third topic of our of our discussion today here on the mainstream house podcast uh, there was a really interesting article from the Smoking Cuban uh, by Tyler Watts uh, posted earlier this morning. Uh, one Dallas Mavericks trade target at every position to consider. Now, obviously, again, you've mentioned uh, multiple times that we are going to have a whole trade deadline extravaganza, I guess is what we're going to call it. Um, I guess I'll, I'll let you, you know what? I'll let you play a little guessing game here. Out of the names that you've heard on which players do you think have made the list? And I'll go, I'll do a little ding, 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 ding. If you get it right. Okay. Um. Let's see. See, I got to think like big picture here. So I think Zach Levine is definitely one. Ooh, good choice. Yes. He is 100% on there. Ding, yeah, ding, ding. That, that's been a, a, a target or a name that has been listed too much to not be one. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to think like bigs. Um, I might go John Collins here. No, no, really. Okay, good, good, cho- good choice. Though I'll give you one hint on one of the players. He plays up north. Up north, up north. Would not be north, north. north. Like I'm talking about. Like, is it is it like a Hartenstein, like New York North, or like? Oh wait, a... oh oh, you mean okay, Fred Van Vliet. Okay, yes, that's Drake North. Okay, I was about right. to say Drake North. <laughs> yeah okay that north all right all right yes um so it's fred van vliet ding 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 okay so i got two right now uh yep, yep. og and anobi no uh nope. actually you know what you did get it right the john collins one you got right i didn't i didn't i'm looking at the article right now yes you did get john collins right ding, ding, okay ding, ding. so okay so you've got, got three right. right i'm sorry no you're all good so is that is john collins for because i know you, every position so i'm assuming that means five positions yes um is he power forward or center listed in this article? Power. So you've got the point guard, you've got the uh, shooting guard, and then you're missing the small forward and the center. A small forward and center. Okay. Yes. Um. See, they've been big names so far. So, and this was after Miles Turner signed his thing. So I'm not gonna say Miles Turner for centers. Nope. Should I go smaller, like like a Nerlens Noel or something, or? Maybe, um, maybe. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll go Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel, ding, 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 and they play on the same team. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, they. The last ball. player. Yes. The oh wait, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. No, Boyan Bogdanovich. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's one I should have got. But. <laughs> so out of those names on the Smoking Cuban article, which one, uh, I guess you know, uh, tickles your fancy, uh, for 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 using an older term there which one is is the one that interests you the most um honestly i'm going to draw back i know everybody probably would not agree with this but i'll go with nerland's noel um okay i know over guys like fred van vliet and stuff like that i think fred van vliet would be perfect for this team honestly he'd be the most like idealistic guy but i just think he's too far out for the mavericks to get I think that by far the most gettable guy would probably be a Nerlens Noel on that team. Um, and that's why he honestly sticks out to me the most. Uh, I mean, that's a a guy that can, you know, protect a rim and that's a luxury that the Mavericks haven't had since, I mean, you can argue before KP's time, but um, right. it depends on how you look at Chris Stapps, at least his tenure in Dallas. Um, 
Yeah, because this tenure uh, in Washington's been so much better, and we saw. This. Yeah, well, it's been a lot better. It's because it's like it's actually his team. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would I would draw back and just say Nerlens Noel. I know he's probably not the most. He's definitely the least star-studded name in that list. He's the least uh, sexy pick on there. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, but I think you know you don't have to give up a whole lot to get him. He doesn't have a raw or he doesn't have a role in New York. And like I said, I mean he's he's the most gettable guy on that list. So hypothetically, should you get Nerlens Noel, you're gonna have to put your little your your GM or your coach's hat here on this one. Should you get Nerlens Noel, what does your starting five look like? Because I know what my starting five looks like. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to so, see if it matches up. I, yeah, I think if yeah, if you get Nerlens Noel, I mean that automatically opens up so many possibilities. Everybody um, healthy, by the way. Everybody healthy. Yeah. Yes, so yes. I mean, Luca at the point guard, of course. I probably still pick Spencer uh, at the two. At the three, probably, um, I think you still probably have to surround him with Tim Hardaway and then Dorian and Nerlens Noel. I think those are probably the guys that you have to spread him out with. Okay, so it almost match. My starting five almost matches up with you. I think Christian Wood has just been on such a tear that you. Oh, okay. Not- I I am so sorry. I <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I forgot about Christian Wood. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I would honestly move Tim to the bench and then probably start Christian Wood at the four. Oh man, I mean that's difficult. That is difficult. Um, hmm. I think, I think maybe Tim might go with that deal. If I'm being bluntly honest, I, Jesus, give me. I'm gonna go ahead and do Luca, uh, Dinwiddie, and then give me Josh. And I know that he may not start, but I'm just gonna just that's my idealistic like if i'm idealistic jason yeah. kid yeah if i'm jason kid i'm starting uh uh, J- uh josh green at at small forward unfortunately doe's gonna have to hit the bench he'll be a really good sixth man in my eyes but but i, really? I don't think yeah i don't think you move spencer especially the way he's been playing right now i mean you do not move that man and then uh, uh just same thing with christian wood you move him down to power forward you move nerland up to the center now how much that does with the spacing of this team and 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 what he can create and things like of the sort, that's to be determined. But I I I like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith playing playing the um, playing the six man role or the seventh man role and just kind of coming in and and helping out on defense. See, and that's interesting. I think you know another starting lineup. I think that's probably more realistic is we don't even see Nerland start. I think that we see the usual starting five. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I just don't see any fashion to where Dorian can get moved to the bench. I understand that adds a lot of depth. Um, but then again, I mean, you have Josh Green. Like pairing basically your three only playmakers, or four really, uh, all in the starting five, I just don't think that's realistic. I think you have to space it out a little bit, and I think that's where Josh Green just kind of sticks to the bench. And again, you know, with stop, with Josh Green on the bench, that's whenever you have Dorian starting. Um, so honestly, I think a more, real, more realistic starting five, if we were to get Nerlens Noel, is I don't even think we would see Nerlens start. Um, now he would still have a huge role off the bench, um, and I think it's kind of funny because in New York he doesn't even have a role, and he would have a massive role in Dallas. Um, but well, even he's already still, think... had a, he's already had a stint on the Mavericks. He, he 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 was here several years ago, but it didn't really work out. And then they. They, I think they either shipped him off or they kind of let him walk. I can't remember which of the two. Yeah, I think they let him walk to Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but he was eating hot dogs on the bench. And mm. so that's why I think leaving a bad image in Dallas is probably the only pe- the only reason why he has a drawback uh, to going and getting him just because of what he did. Um, but yeah, even still, I think 
he's probably like the most gettable guy and the most like again not the sexiest name like you said but you don't have to give up a whole lot he doesn't move the needle move the needle necessarily but he adds a lot of depth okay so well we did talk about uh, nerlens noel and bojan bogdanovic both of them being teammates what if hypothetically you were to package both of them in the same deal, what would your starting five look like at that point? Yeah, if you were if you're gonna package that, I think that, you know, Detroit wants to get worse. Um, I think that if you could to get Wemby. Yeah, to get Wemby, of course. Yeah, <laughs> to get back in that stake. Um I think you would probably have to move a Tim Hardaway Jr. So I think that leaves Tim Hardaway out. So that starting five would be a lot different. I think the play style would be a lot different. Um, still, of course, Luca probably at the or Luca definitely at the point guard. Um, I think that you probably have Spencer still, uh, and then Boyan and Dorian and probably Christian Wood. I think Nerland still comes off the bench. Um, and again, I mean, you lose a little bit of a shooting aspect or like spacing aspect just because of the loss of Tim Hardaway. Uh, but even still, and there's there's still a few guys that you would have to ship off for that deal. So I don't really know analytics, like money wise, how that would all fit. I know you'd probably have to give up a Reggie Bullock or Dwight Powell, um, along with that deal. So I guess just you know who you're giving up in that deal would kind of affect the depth a little bit. But I think in terms of starting five, it would definitely be uh, Luca, Spencer, Boyan, Dorian, and then Christian Wood. Right. Yeah. No. No. I'm looking at this article. I'll be perfectly honest. I kind of, I'm going to go a little bit against you here. I'm going to go ahead. Give me a coin flip between um, Fred Van Vliet and John Collins. Um, John Collins is just because of the age factor. Um, I, I like John Collins's age. I think he's what 25, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he, 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 he's basically what Tim Hardaway jr. I guess he can be streaky at times. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about John Collins, but I, the only thing, I guess the only drawback from him um, is that he has the three year $78 million uh, uh, contract on him. But other than that, I mean, I mean, it's not like you don't have other crappy contracts on top of or, yeah. on, or on the Mavericks anyways. Um, and then as far as uh, Fred Van Vliet, Fred, Fred Van Vliet, that's the name that that's been popping up recently this week specifically. Um, and uh, apparently he's a 37.6% three point shooter um that competes on the defensive end so i i think he checks off a couple boxes if you're the mavericks he can shoot the three three ball pretty well and then again he he can play defense yeah i mean that's that's a guy that adds defensive depth and that we all know the mavs need that um especially a guy who can guard you know one through two or even just you know confidently guard the number one spot um i think friend yeah he's 28 yeah i mean he's not not young necessarily but he's still in his prime um, I think Fred would probably be the guy in terms of all five of these players. I think he's the guy that moves the needle the most. Um, I know you got Bojan in that list, John Collins. I'm not a big, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big John Collins guy just because I already feel like we have a John Collins on our team and there's arguments to be made, especially with how Collins has played the last two seasons that we have a better John Collins. And that's of course, Christian Wood. Um, but I think the guy that moves the needle the most, uh, in terms of these five guys would be Fred Van Fleet. Um, I know I'm saying that over Zach Levine and everything, but I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm not a big Zach Levine guy. I know he'd probably be amazing paired next to Luca and I'd probably eat my own words if that ever did happen. Uh but 
with that being said, I think Fred just adds a little bit more, you know, defensively. Uh, and of course he's shooting what 36.7 or 36 and a half, something where or 37 and a half, I think it was um, from the three point line. And that's, that's a luxury that the Mavericks, you know, sorely need, especially defense. Yeah, no. And, and, and again, if you're maybe able to even package him with, with OGN and OB, that would be even better. Oh, that would be huge. I mean, the Mavericks yeah. would probably have to give up like every first round pick they have, but even still, I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, no, and 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 it it is a much much smaller contract to digest than the than the Zach Levine contract. I'm I'm there with you. I think I mean yeah, Zach Levine in my eyes would move the needle tremendously and immediately make them contenders in my eyes, um, because then you have uh, uh, Luca and and Zach starting at, at the point shooting guard position, um, and then you have uh, uh, Christian Wood. That's your trio right there. Um, but at the same time, again, he's he's on that five year contract. I I, I think it may be a little too soon. I think maybe it's further down the line. If he continues to be frustrated with that Chicago bulls for an office and you can get him for a little bit cheaper. I think in my eyes, you, you, you pull the trigger on that move at that point. But before that, I don't, I, I, I don't think Zach Levine should be discussed. Yeah. You know, I would, I would tend to agree with you. I think if you're going, you know, at any point, if Luca's like, okay, I'm done with this team. I don't think that'll happen this season at all. But if at any point that, discussion does come around i don't know that body language yeah yeah well i mean yeah exactly um but if any point that like he says it out loud before february 9th we got a while before that comes um i mean you never know but i i think it's safe to say that the mavericks aren't going to you know reach for a guy that's going to move the needle that much at least this year now next year i think is where we could see the mavericks do that uh but I think we could pretty much tally, at least for the rest of the 22-23 season, we could tally Zach Levine off the team. Um, and I would be surprised to see if the Mavericks even go after him. Uh, I know we always have those like reports a few weeks after where the Mavericks supposedly offered Chicago blah, 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 this and this for Zach Levine. Like We always get those sort of reports. So I would be surprised if I see that. Um, definitely around like a bigger name like Zach Levine. Um but even still, I think, you know, that's a duo that you can work around. Uh, defensively, they have their lapses, of course. But like I said, uh, in terms of this season, I just don't think we go after a guy that big or even remotely close to that big. So what would you give up to get your guy, I guess, in, in your case, Nerlens Noel? Uh, let's see. So, you know, in Detroit, like I said, he doesn't really have a role. I th- think – you know, I think he's on a $9 million contract, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere around there. I'll check your so I think, I think if you could pair him with, like, I mean, heck, even giving them a Dwight Powell, because they need some center depth. I mean, they have Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran, uh, and I believe that's as far as their center depth goes. I think if you can give him, like, a little bit of a veteran leadership, some a guy that's been there, done that on a pretty good team, um, and he's a really good community kind of guy. I think you, I think if you can give him a Dwight Powell, um, that would be sort of my only take. I don't think I would even maybe a second round pick. Yeah, it's a two year nine point two mil. Two year nine, yeah. Okay, so that's like right around where Dwight Powell is sitting at. I think he's sitting at like ten or nine. Um, I I don't think I'd be comfortable giving up any second round picks. I you know, I know that like first round pick is nowhere near in discussion. So. That shouldn't be a discussion. Uh, but like I said, like I don't think I'd be willing to give up a second round pick for him. But if it was a straight up swap for like Dwight Powell, I think I'd be okay with that. And I think I think for me, I think to go get Fred Van Vliet, I think in my eyes, 
I think I'd, I'd be okay giving up Timmy. Um, and, I mean, he he kind of fits the mold of what they like to do with their point shooting guards. Granted, they'd be a little light on that position because they'd have two shooting guards in, in Gary Trent and then uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. Um, I think maybe even giving up a, a Davis Bertans potentially. I mean, granted, you'd have to add in a couple picks here and there, uh, maybe a first and a second to 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 reach for him or to go get Fred VanVleet. I think that is what you would probably have to do to go get him. But um, other than that, I think I think I think that's really all I would give up at least to go get Fred. Yeah, uh, I guess like real quick disclaimer, like if you know this these are trades that we are just simply talking off the top of our head so don't take yeah. these with like take them with a grain of salt don't don't 100%. take them seriously um because i don't want people to come after our heads and say oh blah 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 blah, blah. these um, guys said that tim Hardaway yeah. jr was getting trade no we don't have insider information like that at least not yet no well yeah that's that's what we're going to <laughs> hopefully get our little media passes and we can do that um but as well as other little projects we, we were talking about the other day yeah, exactly. No, that would be yeah. okay. Like I said, that'd be cool. Um, but other than that, yeah, take these with a grain of salt. Like, um, we're doing these at the top of our heads. We don't have a trade machine or anything like that going on. Um, so we we'll probably have the math all wrong in our head. Probably the Dwight Powell for Nerlens Noel contract doesn't even match up. But that's just the name that most fits the mold in terms of contract that I can think of. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess with that, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Um, I know we'll be back what probably tomorrow night or tonight. So we're we're filming this or recording this basically Sunday night. So we'll be back more than likely Monday night uh or Tuesday morning with that podcast, the post-game podcast about the Detroit Pistons game. Uh if anything, you know, happens in between now and the Pistons game, we like trade-wise, we'll of course come out with a pod about that. An emergency um, pod. Yeah, emergency pod, yeah. Um, but other than that, I think this pretty much wraps it up. Uh, like I said, you know, we discussed the Jazz game, we discussed the Suns game, and of course some trade targets. Um, so yeah, I you know, do you have any closing remarks? No, I don't. Uh, I, again, just go Mavs, and um, and uh, hopefully we can close out this week strong. I know that the uh, I know that the All Star break is coming up very very soon, and and really, the one thing is is the Mavericks at this point, if they um, right now, they're currently on a trajectory to lose more games than they were last year, if I'm not mistaken, because at this point last year or around the trade uh, the all-star break, excuse me, they were like, they had only lost like 24 games. I think the Mavericks have already lost more than that. And the, the all-star break is maybe about two or three weeks away. So yeah, that, that at the end of the day is not good. Um, if the Mavericks can rattle off several wins in a row, Obviously, our our thoughts and our ideas will change on this roster. And again, ultimately, that'll really change um, based on what they do trade wise. Um, other than that, I mean, I mean, again, just just it, it's been a really up and down week, which kind of, you know, encapsulates this whole Maverick season as a whole. Yeah, no, exactly. Like the Suns win feels like you're on top of the world. And that's the, Utah the biggest tie right back on your butt. Um yeah. But yeah, other than that, we'll see what happens in Detroit. You know, we lost to Detroit earlier. Uh, I don't expect to see Luca, but he is listed as questionable. He's a really competitive guy. So again, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him. Um, but without further ado, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I think you got your closing remarks out. Um, if you have not already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Mainstream Mavs. We're posting every day. 
on that Twitter page, you know, posting content, whether trade discussions or just, you know, post game or um, I guess actively tweeting during games. Uh, we're always tweeting out what we think. And, you know, during post game and everything like that, we're always tweeting. Uh, and you can also get information about the podcast on our Twitter. Like I said, at mainstream maps, um, you know, whatever platform you're listening to, I know we're not, this, this podcast will not be on YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, we just, you know, come into some with uh, technical difficulties, uh, just webcams not working and everything like that. So we're just sticking with the podcast format for this one. Um, and yeah, so whether you're listening to Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it may be, uh, just rate us in however way you can. Uh, please, you know, DM us with any of your thoughts. We'd love to speak to you all and talk to you all and get to know you all a little bit. Um, but without further ado, thank you all for listening. Um yeah, and then yeah. Uh, real quick, real quick, Jaren, what, uh, give the listeners your uh, personal uh, twi- uh, Twitter and 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 then mine. I'll go ahead and yeah, give so, mine. Yeah, you go ahead and give yours. I honestly, what I, I don't remember what yours is. Um, but yeah, mine is at Jaren Mavericks. If y'all want to go ahead, I'm actually I'm like starting to get a little active. I did some active game tweeting uh, for the first time during that Suns game, so that was kind of fun. But nice. yeah, uh, right. If you want to go ahead and shout your shout yourself out, and then we can close this podcast out. Yeah, so it's at Rigo Mendoza ETC. That is my Twitter. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, like, please follow us. Uh, we're down to interact with any of y'all. DM us um, about the podcast, whatever you're, you know, feeling free to talk about. Uh, and, and yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you know, follow us, like I said, on Twitter and follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you're listening to. So without further ado, uh, do you still have your, do you have your send off yet? Like mine's, you know, like the bye bye. Uh, do you have yours yet? See ya. See ya. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, bye bye. See ya.